to It's the Little Things podcast. I'm super excited to have Brett Wilson here today. This is a total connection through connection. My uncle is, it's a whole long story of, I went to school with his niece and all this stuff. So we have this whole thing and we're kind of connected through connections. It's really weird. Um, So it's hard to explain. It's a long story, but I'm super excited. Um, Uncle Billy and in April speak very, very highly of you and you're super cool. And so I'm super excited um, to kind of hear about your story and, and more about you. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about what makes you you and a little bit about your testimony. Okay. Thanks, India. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming uh, to you from Tulsa. So uh, I'm in Tulsa. I've been here. I was raised in Arkansas. I live in, uh, live in Tulsa now. I have a wife, three kids. And uh, gosh, I have uh, quite, the, quite the journey. It, uh, my faith journey, although I was a believer my whole life, I, I knew who God was. I, I believed in Jesus, but I didn't know. I didn't know Jesus. Like, I, there wasn't a relationship until about 12 years ago. Actually, it's exactly 12 years ago where we found the church that we're in now. Um, it was uh, the worship that I was looking for. I grew up in a first assembly of God. My grandfather ran worship for 40 years. You know, we were standing up clapping hands when people weren't standing up and clapping hands. Uh, you know, so it was, uh, it was, it was modern for the time. And Brooke and I get married and she was raised Methodist and the worship's just different. It's not wrong. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so uh, we were attending a church, kind of, you know, go when it was convenient. And, uh, and I just woke up one day. I said, honey, we, I need some different worship. So I Googled Tulsa churches. I hadn't visited another church. We hadn't shopped churches, if you will. <laughs> church on the move popped up. And we uh, walked through the doors the week after Easter and the... Uh, the worship was the hook. I mean, the lights were down. It came on. It was amazing. I haven't heard better worship uh, anywhere that, uh, that I, and I've been to a number of places since, uh, since then. And it's just phenomenal, right? So mm-hmm. God just led us to, uh, to this place. And then the teaching followed and it was, uh, it was put in a way that made a lot of sense to me. It was like, I had never heard the word before and it, uh, it just started to change. And, and it was this, the steps that God walks us, you know, through, I was, uh, I was drinking the milk, you know, for a while. And I, I feel like I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm getting into some, some steak these days. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey. It's changed my life. Um, so many things have, uh, have happened. I remember my grandmother, I was telling her uh, when she was alive at the time, I said, I was telling her where I was going. She says, Oh, Brett, she said, I, I've been listening to Willie George for 20 years on the radio. So like, he's one of the best teachers of the Bible that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and I, I believe that he even puts it in a way where you can really understand. Um, so that was the beginning of the journey. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, I kind of talked about this a lot too on here and just, about how much a difference uh, a good church can make because it kind of be- has become in at least um, where I'm from and the society is just you go to church just to go to church and say you did it and if you're going and you're not actually getting anything out of it it's honestly just pointless and you're putting on a show for everybody else instead of actually going for your benefit and um, I once I got to college kind of doing it on your own and figuring it out on your own you kind of learn what you like and what you don't like. And, um, 
mine was the same thing. I had to find somewhere that had good worship because if they had good worship, I could really get into the message. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> let's kick this off. And um, so worship was a big thing for me too. So I think it's really important to kind of find the church that you can get good worship and good message from because you'll get the most out of it. <laughs> and the people that are there that you can connect with and you can, you can do life with. I remember asking God, like, I don't have any friends in this area that are faith filled friends. Like I, you're going to have to, you're going to have to show me and, and engage me with a group of people Just growing up. Like it, it just, it, it just wasn't our people. I get, and I don't know how else to put it. Like, I just, I didn't, we weren't the same. Like we weren't hanging out. We weren't. And of course I was, I was in the world and, and they weren't. And I was I'm sure that was part of it. Um, but I wasn't listening to work, you know, worship music. And I wasn't connecting with people that were in church. I remember looking at guys in the, in the church and I was thinking, I want to hang out with these guys. Yeah. These were the pastors. These were guys. And I never felt that way before. Like mm-hmm. I want to, and I, I knew at that point, like I have to go through some things just so they'll let me hang out with them. And that, that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> they would have, you know, they would put their arms around me no matter what, but that's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's some of my closest friends um, as pastors. And then we got connected with a group of friends that we just do, we do life with. And it's, uh, and it's amazing. It's kind of like finding the right, it's kind of like finding the, you know, the right translation in the Bible mm-hmm. where you can understand what it is that you're reading. Yeah. It's the same with the church, right? Finding the right church. I agree. Yeah, that that's kind of what I did too. I mean, you you figure out who um, kind of are your real friends when you are going through this sort of spiritual dilemma where you're fighting between your world, like your fleshly desires, and your the pulling that God has on your heart to go towards Him. And that's kind of something I've learned. When you find the right friends, it's not as much as a battle because you realize, hey, like this is actually I can have fun and I can be with these people and have community and still follow Christ. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that's something that I learned. I mean, college is such a trans transformational place because you figure out so much stuff. And that was kind of what I did when you find friends that are in, like are also trying to go the same place you are with Christ. It's not such a battle between the world and them like it's y'all against the world instead and it's nice having um a community to do that with and it's it's crucial honestly because you have to have community to help you because you're not always going to be 100 percent firing for the lord and i i mean i know that firsthand it's it's crucial to have family and friends that push you and encourage you to be better 100 <laughs> percent I was just uh, do some coaching with some guys and I was just on a phone call before we, we got on and, and he was sharing with me like, Hey, I, I know who God is, but I'm not living like for, you know, for God. And I said, I can relate. And like, I've, I've been there, you know, before. So what the transition for me was, you, you feel like you have to do certain things. Right? And you feel like you have to go to church. You feel like you have to, you know, do this. But when you are in that relationship and you're growing in faith, like it turns, like you want to. Like you, and so for me going to church, I was like, what else is there? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, and I've just been fed this information and YouTube videos. And I still 12 years later, I can't get enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm listening to YouTube videos every day of the week. It's usually in the morning when I, I stop listening to, you know, workout playlists and I'm just, I'm getting fed in the mornings. 
And it's the people that I, I love to listen to. There's a quite the list. Yeah. And, and, and you, and I've listened to some over and over again, but that's where, you know, every day, like it shouldn't stop on Sundays. And I think that's where you're like, Hey, some people just go on Sundays to check the box. Mm-hmm. This isn't uh, this isn't about checking the box, nor should things really be hard. And when I say hard, you can take this in school or, you know, really when you get out of school and start working with business friends, like the, not that you're not going to have trials because when you get stronger in your faith, you know, the enemy's coming and the enemy's going to come knocking. But let's say in business, for example, you're going to have trials in business, but it shouldn't feel like a, a major grind. And, and I felt in my experience through business, like when it was a grind, when everything was hard, it wasn't right. When I found the right partners, when I found the right business, you know, the right idea, like things, God created the path. It wasn't that it was all roses, but not every part of it was a, you know, was a grind. So people can take that with their, with their friends and they can take that in a lot of different areas in their life. But that was a good lesson for me. And it was kind of the school of hard knocks because I, I wanted to do it my way. Right? I, it was, I thought it was my idea. It wasn't God leading me down a path and it was really hard and those things didn't work out. But when I let go and just let him lead, gosh, it's amazing to see what he's doing. Yeah. So if, well, so for, um, which I love that, that's, I mean, that's a good point because sometimes I feel like that too. Like it's so hard and everybody says, you know, good relationships really hard. And I think it's, take some effort on both ends, but it doesn't necessarily need to be hard, hard, but I do have a question for you since you said that. So if it does feel hard, if pushing towards God and your relationship with him does feel hard, what would you say to somebody who's struggling with that? Battle the enemy, understand spiritual warfare. I can understand if we're talking specifically about a relationship with God, if somebody's really like having some some challenges with that relationship, then really dive into the enemy, dive into evil, dive into the whole spiritual side of of the world that isn't faith, and understand like what we are dealing with, understand the principalities that we're going against, and it's real, and that. Those are the things, you know, when we look at the, look in the word, like Ephesians 6, 12, you know, for our battles, not against flesh and blood, right? I mean, it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the darkness, against the spiritual forces in the evil in the heavens. I just got finished reading a book by John Hagee. It's like the three heavens. Right? I mean, there's a heaven for evil. I mean, it is in the heavens and it is here on earth and they'll do everything they can to stop you. And learning this, I, it, it helped me gain a better and a stronger relationship with Jesus when I understood what the real battle was. And then I understood how to overcome it, what to say, right? and, and really the words that come out of our mouth, how powerful are the words that come out of our mouth, one, for the life that we're living, but also to defeat what's coming against what we really want. And if we're sensing, you know, the people that are around you, like if they're saying things and someone's trying to deter someone maybe from that relationship with Jesus, you're going to take them in a different direction. You don't verbally have to assault them right, with, with, with your words, but underneath your breath, 
you can say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I bind that statement in the name of Jesus. I've done that with doctors, with our, with our children. They'll say, you know, I had uh, a son had a massive cut. He was going to have stitches. The doctor's like, he's going to have a scar for the rest of his life, you know, here. Just something as simple as that. And I just underneath my breath, I said, I bind that in the name of Jesus. He'll be fully healed. No signs. You can't see anything, you know, today. Wow. You know, when, when he got his tooth shoved all the way up in his head and you could barely see the tooth. I mean, literally he got hit so hard when he was on a swing set and you couldn't even see the tooth. And you heard people saying, well, you know, the tooth's going to die. And I'm in the dental industry and I understand some of these things. So it's not for him. I got bind those statements in the name of Jesus. He'll be fully healed. That tooth will erupt back in the perfect position and stay in perfect color. Mm-hmm. It happened. It came back down on its own in perfect position and in perfect color. So binding the statements that people make that are against what we're trying to accomplish, but then the words that we get to speak out of our mouth and how strong and how big of a difference those make in our lives. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's really cool that uh how much how much power the name of Jesus has and we kind of tend to overlook uh cuz for me it's something I've always struggled with is that he's like he's not tangible to me right now cuz I'm like a hands-on person and so something I've always struggled with is I always I know he's there. I have faith that he is there. But it's that whole, I just want to like touch you, like hug you. I want you to hug me and tell me it's going to be okay and all this stuff. And so something for me that I've always struggled with is that, but his name has so much power that like, he's always there. That's what's crazy to me. And so those stories, that was really cool. But um, yes. Wow. That was, that was good. (laughs) I think one of the things on us battling the enemy is like, how can we tell, like, how can we tell it's really coming from you know, the, the enemy, like, mm-hmm. you know, in lust in the flesh, right. We battle the flesh, mm-hmm. all this, it, we all have something, mm-hmm. right. We all have something that it could be, you know, people love, you know, t- take it to the extreme with food or with, you name it. I mean, there's a number of things, but it's the lust of the flesh, right. Lust of the eyes. And then the pride of life. I mean, Lucifer was, he, he was the greatest, he was the greatest angel. Right, he was the most amazing, the most special neck angel. And what what was his fall? Like, what caused him to do what he did? It was pride. Right, pride took him down and took a third of the angels with him. Right, so when when we're being when people like acknowledge that hey, this exists, and then start to recognize it, and then just using the name of Jesus, like we don't have to go on this tangent of a lot of other things. We don't have to yell and to scream. I mean, I've cast a demon out of a guy before by simply just saying in the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> Flee. I bind you from this person, from this individual right now. You have to go. We have that authority. That's why Jesus died. Right. He gave us that, that authority. We, we have what's in us that raised him from the dead. And I had to learn these things. I had to learn how to use the authority that, that we have. We shouldn't just take what the enemy, you know, gives us and throws at us because he's coming. Right. But just using the name of Jesus, it could be as simple as that. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's a, 
That's that's crazy. I, <laughs> I'm a lot at a loss for words because that's some good stuff. Um, so how would you, I know you said in, um, in the name of Jesus, but how are, what are some ways that people can battle the flesh in, um, and battle the enemy? So one quote I love before I answer that is from, uh, Chris Hodges. He runs a, he runs a series of churches uh, in the Alabama area called church of the highlands. And he says, if you're not butting heads with the devil, you're probably walking with him. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I love that. So how do we learn how to, you know, really go after, you know, go after the, the to tell me the question, again, I want to make sure I answer it directly. So you're saying um, to battle the enemy, how would you say to do that with uh, the resources we have, or how would you say that um, you would battle the enemy in, if you're struggling with something. So a lot of the enemy is the power of suggestion, right? So we get the thoughts. It's the lies that he's telling us. So if it's, if it's lies, if it's the power of suggestion that we know is not the truth, I mean, that's, that's the enemy, right? How do we, how do we acknowledge that? How do we know if it's not, if it's not good, right? If the power of suggestion that's coming to us doesn't line up with the word, or if people just don't even know the word, let's say, if you're getting a power of suggestion, you're like, that's a, I mean, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's not the path that I'm on. That's from the enemy, right? So that power of suggestion is so big. And those are just the lies that he tells us. It's here, right? I mean, he comes at our brain. When we get silent, when we get alone, he's, I mean, a huge time for him to come and, and just, and just, bring the lies so when we're battling the flesh right when we're being tempted statistically temptation only lasts about five to seven minutes so during that time it's so important to distract yourself with something else if you know you're being tempted in one area in life so that could be picking up a telephone that could be sending a text message to a friend that back to what you're saying, like surrounding yourself with people that are strong, like in, in faith. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. Like I remember calling a friend and I had just finished working with a guy. Um, Kenny Chesney was playing in an outdoor concert and it was in Cleveland. I love that song. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but I love the song where he, he, he sings about uh, Cleveland. I'll think of it here in a second. <laughs> I wanted to go. I wanted to go. That was not a healthy place for me to be alone, right? With tons of people there. And I remember calling a friend. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm tempted with this right now. Like, I want to go to this this concert, and I want to do I want to do this. And instead, I went to the gym. I had a great conversation with him, and I decided not to not to do it. But that was a power of suggestion of something I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I knew it, I knew it probably wasn't the healthiest thing in the world. Would I have done something stupid? Probably not. But it's the things that we're tempted with, mm-hmm. right? If we show up in the areas where we're tempted consistently, we're going to lose at some point, <laughs> right? If you keep going, you're going to get beat at some point. But just surrounding yourself with someone, sending a quick text message, distracting yourself for those five to seven minutes, temptation's gone. Mm-hmm. That's the studies show that that's the, that's the case. So that's the best way I feel like to not only just use our words, but distract ourselves to help. 
Um, yeah, I think that's something that, sorry, I have a dog and he's crazy, but, uh, (laughs) I think that's the best way for me too, is just kind of something I struggle with is I know is my thoughts because a lot of times I won't act on things, but I will just be in my head, especially working at fast food right now. I'll just have these thoughts. Someone will pull up and they'll say something rude to me. And I'm like, Oh my word. Like I'm holding my tongue, (laughs) Um, but it's my thoughts. And I know it says that we need to control our thoughts and take them captive. But something that's something I've always struggled with is I can not act on them, but I'm still thinking it and I still feel horrible about it. So how would you, I mean, I know it's, it's something, it's such a hard topic because you can't really, I, I don't know. How, how do you, do you struggle with that or? <laughs> we all do. I mean, we're human. Right. So the power of thought, the power of suggestion, saying things that we wish we hadn't said, right. It's the two edged sword. I mean, what's the two-edged sword? It's our tongue. Mm-hmm. I, that can do more damage than than anything. So I feel like just taking a taking a moment, like taking that quick couple of seconds before we react. Have I reacted in ways that I shouldn't have reacted before? For sure. I mean, we're we are human, mm-hmm. right? The things, the patterns that we recognize like in ourselves, those are the those are the things that we just need a battle verse, right? And and just go to God, you know, with it, take this. Um, one of the things that, that one of the verses that I stand on for all kinds of things is Mark eleven twenty three. I mean, it's been talked about. I mean, Kenneth Hagin, I, I love Kenneth Hagin. I, I've listened to probably every, every sermon that he's ever done, although it was a long time ago, sometimes the oldies, but goodies, <laughs> sometimes the oldest stuff is the best stuff. Right. right? And uh, so say to this mountain, when I was first growing in my faith and I was like, well, what's the mountain? Like, what, what is that? Be removed, be cast into the sea. Do not doubt. Right. But believe that those things that you say will come to pass. Then you will have whatever it is that you say. So three times in that one verse, he's talking about saying. The words that come out of our mouth. What's the mountain? The mountain's every anything that you're being faced with. Mm-hmm. Fear, right? Fear, leave me right now in the name of Jesus. It has to go. Right? It, it can't stay. That's us saying to the mountain, the mountain's fear, the mountain's anxiety, the mountain is stress. When we're being overloaded with stress and anxiety, we're in control. We're not giving it to God. I mean, that's us being prideful and saying, I can handle this. I can take this, or I'm worried about this. Why should you be worried about anything? I mean, you got to give it to God. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, right? But with a verse like that, to where you can put in whatever's going on in my life, hey, the words that come out of my mouth, I know they're not healthy. So say directly to the words, words that are of affliction words that are unhealthy you flee from me in the name of jesus i bind you i bind so you have to go directly at whatever it is like a lot of times we want to just go pray to god but god talks to us about talking directly to whatever it is that we're facing Mm -hmm. and that was a revelation to me 
And so when we started doing that, amazing the difference that it that it made. And that's a good one, but it does comes from the mouth and we have to say it. Yeah, I see that's so good because I've actually never heard that before that um like going straight to it I something I've always heard is like pray and give it to the feet of Jesus which I do think you should do of course but yeah I've never heard that before so I mean that's that's some good stuff that's some good information um but something since we're kind of on the topic of spiritual warfare something that um I've struggled with a lot recently I've been reading radical by David Platt have you read that having a bookshelf behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, taken me a bit to get through it. Um, just cause I want to take my time. It's got a lot and a lot of good stuff in there, but something that I started, I have lots of questions now after reading a lot of it. And, um, and I actually talked with any Uncle Billy about this. Cause I was like, I have questions. I don't know what to do because I don't know how, Sometimes I don't know how to go in the Bible and find the answer. There's just so much in there. And, the, and they were like, you just got, you never quit, never stop looking, never stop looking for the answers, never stop asking questions. And so how do you, when you have questions about this stuff and you kind of feel, um, sometimes I just feel confused. <laughs> I think that's the best way of putting that. How do you battle that? Because to me, sometimes that, I get so confused and I have so many questions that I just get lost. And I'm like, I don't know what's, what's true and what's not true. And I know that's kind of part of being a Christian. You have to decipher what is right and what's wrong. And there's always going to be false prophets. And I'm not saying David Platt's a false prophet at all. I'm just saying that, you know, there's always going to be truth and lies that, that we have to figure out. So how do you figure that out? <laughs> Cause it's hard. Sure. Doesn't line up with the word. Well, how can we find it in the word? We can ask God to reveal it to us. I mean, that's one way is asking, hey, I don't understand this. I, I'm challenging you with this. So reveal it to me right, in the name of Jesus. Like, God, reveal this to me in your word. Show me like where it is. Put someone in my life. Like the commands that we have. Right, the commands that, that that we have, the authority, back to that authority that we have. God, put this in my life. Have somebody enter my life that can help me understand this. If that's not a pastor or somebody that you already know, or you can go to someone. Um, Google's a tough place, right? Because you get you get a lot of different interpretations. It's also not bad. Like you can you can sit through some questions. Um, and, and find the biblical truths in some areas. And you have to watch, you know, you, have, you just have to watch yourself, you know, there. Um, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes from the word of God, right? So I get, I get that not only from the word, but from YouTube and from these sermons. So if I'm sharpening myself on spiritual warfare, like I'm digging in to YouTube videos on spiritual warfare, and I'm aligning myself with pastors who are speaking on the topic that I trust that. How do you trust a pastor? Well, you have to listen to the word. Like, do they speak from the word? Mm-hmm. Are they preaching the word of God? Is it coming from the Bible? Are they quoting scripture? Those are the things. I mean, that's the fight we have. We fight with the word, right? That's what Jesus fought with in the wilderness. The devil approached him. He he fought the enemy with the word of God. 
right? That's what we have to do. So how do you know if somebody's preaching in an, in an area where you can be aligned with? Are they preaching the word? And so whatever the topic may be, I would go to YouTube and I would listen to sermons um, and I'll help you find people. If there's certain topics that you want to, you really want to dive in on, um, it could be spiritual, you know, the spiritual authority, um, the believer's authority, like healing, for example, right? I mean, God gave us, Jesus didn't heal everyone. This was revelation to me. This was last year. <laughs> I've been hard into this for a decade, right? Just in faith, like consuming. I, I can't get a, enough of it. I'm listening to a sermon and the guy's talking about Jesus not healing everyone. And I'm looking over at the guy that I'm with and I'm like, wow. Like the, I, I'm learning some things that I've never been taught before. He said he asked the father everything like he didn't do anything unless the father told him to do it mm-hmm. he, it was miracles happening left and right all day long right seven days a week but he didn't heal every single person mm-hmm. he listened to what god was telling him and it was only through us now through jesus then but now through us can he do the works so we tend to go off on our own and do our own thing without asking the questions. So it's just the questions and getting quiet. You start to understand God's voice. When you do that, then you're getting the answers or he's revealing those answers to you through people or through the word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I think something I had to learn quickly when finding your own church is uh, the importance of a, of a pastor that preaches from the word. Because something I've seen a lot now, especially getting older and social media being so big now, um, preachers I see all the time that it becomes more of an inspirational speech (laughs) than uh, a sermon. And that has been one of the hardest things to to differentiate because it gets it gets you feeling good and you get done listening. You're like, wow, I feel great. And uh, but you don't really get much out of it other than it kind of becomes a Jesus does everything for you and you don't really, you're perfect the way you are type. And uh, that's a dangerous road to go down. Um, but yeah, I think, so who are, who are some people you would recommend since we're on that topic? So for people that are, have a lot of questions, if people have a lot of questions about faith, if the, if you find and you have those people, right. I mean, Billy was one, he was one who had a lot of questions, hard questions, right? Like agnostic type of questions, like atheist type of questions, like people that are really asking the tough questions. Andy Stanley's amazing. I mean, that guy targets and he will answer the tough questions that are, you know, that are out there. Um, people that want to get into fasting, learn more about fasting. Jensen Franklin's one of the best, right? He's out of Florida. Um, love what he, love what he teaches. Um, I follow a number of the word of faith guys, like mentioned, you know, Kenneth Hagan, old, like Charles Caps. He's an old school preacher from Arkansas, <laughs> preaches the word of God. And, and people will, people will come at, and there's haters everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. People, but does it line up with the word of God? And has it had an impact in your life? Okay. So mm-hmm. someone told me early on in my walk that Brett, you can argue theology, all day long, but no one, no one can argue with your story. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that made a huge difference in, in my life. 
And I've had friends who are like, I don't believe in the word of faith, you know, preachers. Here's a Netflix video that they did on on them. I watched it, but you can't also argue with the with the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, the manifestations of God that have happened in my life mm-hmm. because of the words that have come out of my mouth that I've been taught through these guys. Unbelievable, right? So Jerry Savelle is one of them. Talks about the favor of God, the favor of God on our life the seeds that we plant in our life. Just go back to the farming days. My in-laws farm wheat in North Central Oklahoma. Guarantee you they don't put that wheat in the ground and that seed in the ground in October. They're not going to get the harvest in June, right? It's not that. So what are our words doing to plant the seeds in our life? And if if people come out of anything with, with this for me, from me it's the power of the words that we speak what comes into our mind what comes out of our mouth is the life that we live god wants he he wants so much for us what are we doing with the words in our life and what are we allowing in our life to 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 really make that difference good or bad Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the words that, uh, that, that, that we say. Um, and, and that goes like in school, for example, I talked to my daughter about this. She hasn't, she struggles with math, right? Her brother does it. They're twins. Mm-hmm. She's better in another subject than he is. But let's take math, for example. I'm like, babe, just tell yourself you make great grades. I know math. I understand math. I do a great job in math. I always have the best teachers. I understand my homework. I'm great at taking tests. Our brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imaginary. Right? Tony Robbins has taught that forever. Mm-hmm. But people all the time will say, I'm just not good at this. I'm not good at this subject. I'm not a good test taker. I'm not this. I'm not that. My teacher this, my teacher that. Well, no wonder. Like, no wonder you are where you, where you are. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that. Friends, faith. I always find good churches. I always listen to the best sermons. I always get my questions answered about faith. I'm always growing in, in, in my faith. I always have people that are surrounded around me that have, are amazing in faith. Unbelievable of things. It's just the words that come out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. Right? I coach our sales team on that all the time. It's like, what are the words? People always answer the phone. I'm always in the right place at the right time. I'm always top of sales. I always close deals. I'm always in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Better than the contrary. Yeah, <laughs> true. Something but it used to get on my last nerve because my dad would, we'd grow up and he'd always say, speak life, speak life, always. And it would drive me nuts, but it has become such a true thing because when you're constantly in your head and telling yourself that, you know, you're not going to get any better. And I struggled with that for a while. I was like, going through everything with my head, I was like, I'm not going to get better. My head's never going to get better. I'm just going to be sad all the time. And it got to the point where I was like, truly believing it. I was like, oh gosh, like this wasn't even just doubts. This is becoming reality. And so I started just saying like, I'm getting better. I feel like I'm getting better. And once I started believing that, I mean, I am, I really am getting better. I mean, it's a long process. It's not easy, but I am getting better. And so it really does make a difference in you know, how my day goes depends on how I wake up. And if I say I'm going to be behind today, or I'm going to stay on top of things. And so 
you're right that, I mean, your words really do make a difference and it's not even just your words, it's your thoughts about yourself. Cause if you don't see yourself as having value, you're going to treat yourself like you don't have any value. So you go out and live your life. Like you have no value when in reality, we've been given so much value because we're made in the image of God, like that alone gives us so much value. And then the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. And so by saying all these negative things about ourselves, it's almost like saying that what he did wasn't for good reason, like that we didn't matter enough to do that thing. And so some girls, Sarah said that on the podcast a long time ago was when we say these negative things about ourselves, that's like saying God's creation isn't good enough. And, um, and that, that spoke speaks volumes, I think. <laughs> yes, it is. So it is so powerful. So yes, if there's one thing that comes out of that, it's the words that we speak. And what's amazing when you start listening to yourself, then you start really honing in on what other people are saying. You're like, well, no wonder, no wonder you, this is happening to you or no wonder, you know, this is going on in in your life. I mean, you're speaking it all day long. You're allowing it and the enemy would love nothing more than that. And that's that power of suggestion. Um, but the words, I mean, God created the, he created the world. He hoped, right. Then he created, mm-hmm. he spoke it into existence. Hebrews 11, one. I love it. Faith is a substance of things hoped for evidence of the things not seen. Mm-hmm. So we have to have faith. What are we hoping for that isn't in front of us at all right now? If money's tight. What are you hoping for? It's the evidence of things not seen. It's not here yet. Doesn't mean that we can't hope for it. Hope for it. Believe that it'll happen. Watch it happen. I could tell you all kinds of stories of things that have, that have happened in, in our life when we started to, to learn this. Um, healings, for example. Did God call only a few to heal? Did he, did he call us to pray for the sick? Or did he call us to heal? the sick. Mm-hmm. And if we have the same authority that Jesus had on earth, why are we not able to lay hands on someone and have them healed? Can we walk into a hospital and expect that every single person is going to come out healed? Well, did God tell you to do that? Like, are we going to God with those things? If we see somebody in a wheelchair, can they get healed? Absolutely. Is God telling you to go pray for that person? May or may not. Those are the questions that we need to ask God. And I just feel like that the, the idea is, is, well, that's only for some people. Right? Speaking in tongues is only for some people. I don't believe that. I believe it's for, it's for us all. God's waiting on us to ask. He's waiting on us to be ready to be used. Mm-hmm. That's something I've learned a lot about um, after reading Radical and reading that when he's talking about um, discipling and making the excuse that not everybody's made to go out and disciple. And that really hit home for me because I, I mean, I've always wanted to do mission trips, but the process, the thought process of that we all have our own individual gifts is awesome, but we all are called to go out and disciple and we are all called to go out and talk about Jesus. And we're all called to do some of these things that we kind of have made excuses about not doing. And I think that's really like, that's really true. And I just, I never thought of it in that aspect, but for him, for when David Platt was talking about um, discipling, that kind of hit home for me because I'm like, you're right. It's not left for the pastors and the preacher's kids and all of that. It's for everybody. (laughs) 
Yes, marketplace ministry. I heard that not long ago, and I love that. And at the core of it is just love. Like, are we showing love to people? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We go to church on Sunday, get filled up. We fill ourselves the rest of the week. But are we showing love? I love this quote. Charles Cap says this. It says, your faith will not rise any higher than your confession of scripture. So what battle verses do we have that we're holding on to? Do we need to know 150 verses? I don't believe so. We need a few key battle verses that will help us build our, uh, our, our faith. He also says this, says faith always stops at the question mark. So get your questions answered. So if you, if you do have questions and they're not, cause I have this problem a lot. Like I have lots of questions. So if you can't really get an answer or find an answer, how do you battle that feeling? What's an example of a question you don't get an answer to? Why does, um, why did God harden Pharaoh's heart so many times? Because a lot of people died because Pharaoh's heart was hardened so often. So good question on going back to the old, the old Testament. Why did, why did God do what he did? Why were so many people killed? There's some questions out there that just don't have great answers. Those are the ones you put on the list to take it to God. (laughs) That's just the truth of the matter. Like, can, can somebody come up with, you know, a reasoning scripturally behind that and, and defend that? I'm sure they can help you with the understanding behind it, but is there an answer for every hard question in the word? I don't believe there is. I believe there's some of it. We're just going to have to trust that God's good. At his core, God is good. No matter what happens in our lives. Mm-hmm. Why did, why did my mother, she didn't, but why did my mother die of cancer? Right? What, why did, why, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Cause he allows us to make a decision. He allows us to choose right versus wrong, always has. He allowed Adam and Eve to do it in the garden. He's allowed it since, since the beginning of time. So there's evil in the world. But there's some questions in you that just won't be answered. Right? That we're going to have to take to them. I'm not saying that, that one can't be answered. Right. <laughs> I, in April, and I sat and I called her and I was, I was like, okay, I just want to know this. Like, do you have any have you heard anything? And she's like, no, but we can look into it. And so we looked for a while and we got some answers, but nothing ever just really made me feel, I was like, "Ah." but I mean, that's true. Just our whole Christianity is based on faith. And so I have come to the conclusion that there's, there's always going to be things that I just might not know the answer to. And that's okay. If we believe that God is good, like if we truly believe that, I I love this. Do you believe in God or do you believe God? So wrestle with that one for a minute. (laughs) So do we believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Okay, do we believe God? Well, believing God is believing his whole word. Mm -hmm. People struggle with tithing, right? Tithing is like a a big deal to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, are we believing in God or do we believe God? If we believe God that our storehouses will be full and be bursting, that we will have an abundance, 
greater than anything that we've ever seen before if we trust God with our with a tenth. Which one is it? Right. If we're not doing it, let's say, and I'm not being religious here, but I'm saying if we're not doing it, are we do you believe God's word? Because you can't pick and choose what we believe and what we don't believe mm-hmm. like in the word. We started tithing. We were one foot in, one foot out for years prior to us having kids. We made a decision to tithe and things changed. I mean, again, the stories can just come. But personally, it's been a win and continued to be a win every single year. The more you give and you don't give out of just what you're going to receive in return, right? It's about the cheerful giving and the cheerful Mm -hmm. heart believing. But I love that line. Do you believe in God or do you believe God? Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. That's a good, that's a good one to think about <laughs> later. Um, but unfortunately, we do have to eventually stop the episode uh, <laughs> because we are getting to the time. But I do have three questions. They're short little lightning lightning round questions. Right. Um, but the first one is, what is your favorite book right now? My favorite book right now. Oh, that's a great question. I just finished, I just finished this book called Angels, mm-hmm. Charles Caps. Awesome. Learned a lot. Yeah. Awesome. I I'm always looking for new books to read. So I love hearing about new ones. But um, okay. And then the next question is what's your favorite verse right now? This one's hard because I, I feel like so many relate to different times. <laughs> sure. So if I only could choose one, I would choose in Hebrews 11, 1, right? Faith is the substance of things called poor evidence of things not seen. Huge, huge for me, power verse in my life. The second one, if I, if I could choose one more, it'd be Mark eleven twenty three. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, and then the last one's tough. People usually struggle with this one. Um, the last one is, what is your favorite part of God's creation? Hmm. Favorite part of God's creation. Holy Spirit. That's that's the first. We haven't had that one yet. <laughs> Holy Spirit, is it's it's limitless what can what we can accomplish if we have the Holy Spirit. We we all have it. But what relationship do we have with the Holy Spirit? He creating that for us all, not for a few, to me is the greatest creation because we, we have what Jesus had. We get to live that, that life if we tap into those, that relationship. Um, so that'd be mine. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I guess, I guess this means this episode is over. Um, so, but thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. This was awesome and it's for real helped me a lot because I'm I'll be listening to this episode again later a couple times uh <laughs> but thank you so so much for being on here and I really appreciate it and um thank you everybody for listening and watching whatever you decide to do today and when you go out the rest of this week just make sure you're being a light for the Lord and everything you do and be the reason someone's smiles today you never know who needs it And thank you guys again and have a good week. Bye.